Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel podcast. My name is Jonathan Downs, and I am the pastor of Calvary Chapel in Canberra, Australia. I'm delighted that you are listening to this message, and my prayer is that this word will bless your life. If you'd like to submit a prayer request, or if you are interested in a personal Bible study, we would love to hear from you. Please visit our website at www.calvarychapel.com.au to get in contact with us, or if you want to find out more about our church. Thanks for joining us, and let's go to the Word of God. Amen. I'm thankful, amen, that I've been born again. Amen. Praise God. Well, take your Bibles. Remain standing a little bit longer. Amen. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. Amen. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. God's been speaking to me about this message for the last two weeks and been itching to preach it. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. And now last week I, so I had this message on my mind, a little part of the service. I began to share a little bit about what God was speaking to me about. But we're going to finish that message off today. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. If you've got it, say I've got it. If you don't, it's on the screen, all right? <laughs> now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us can we please read that together today it's on the screen in king james now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. One more time, let's read it once more and let's try to add a little bit of emphasis and maybe read it like a Pentecostal preacher, all right? <laughs> let's go. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. God is able. Somebody say that today. God is able. I want to minister today on this thought. This simple title, I've Witnessed It. <laughs> we sang that song today. I've witnessed it. God is able. Turn to your neighbor and say, I've witnessed it. Get that little pointer finger up. Give it a little shake and say, I've witnessed it. <laughs> Give a little head shake. Say, I've witnessed it. <laughs> Amen. Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for the liberty that we feel in this house today. And your presence, oh God, is here as we've worshipped you. Thank you, Lord God, for your word, that we can build our life on your word that never changes. So, Lord, let faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And we'll give you all the praise and all the glory. And all the church says, Amen. 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 Say, I've witnessed it. And then you may be seated. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Uh, uh, my intention today is very clear. I'm going to be preaching about faith. Somebody say faith. faith. And if I say anything that you agree with today, feel free to say amen. All right? If I say something and you want to claim God's promises, you say amen. That simply means so be it. And so you can get with the preacher. I, I preached in Philadelphia back 20 years ago in an African-American church. You couldn't say one word without everyone saying amen. That made me feel like a good preacher. Made me feel I could preach all day. When the church is behind you, you can preach. But I'm speaking about faith today because without faith, it is impossible to please God. Amen. 
One man once said, he said, true faith, biblical faith. Everyone say biblical faith. Biblical faith is confident obedience. You can't get away from the obedience part of faith. Biblical faith is confident obedience to God's word in spite of any circumstance, in spite of any consequence. I am confidently obedient to God's word. That is biblical faith. Faith. Somebody once did an acronym of faith, F-A-I-T-H. It says, forsaking all, I trust him. Faith, forsaking all, I trust him. That's what faith is. Doesn't matter what situation, doesn't matter what it looks. We walk by faith, not by sight. Now the African Impala, and maybe you've seen them before, but the African Impala is amazing, kind of, kind of like a kangaroo. They can jump very high. But these African Impalas, they, they can jump to a height of over 10 feet, and they can cover a distance of 30 feet. That's high. That's 10 foot high and 30 feet they can jump. But these Impalas, as, as high as they can jump and as far as they can jump, they can be kept in an enclosure with just a three-foot fence. Why? Because the impala will not jump unless they can see where their feet are going to land. And the same is with faith. True faith is saying, I don't know what the future holds, but I do know that God is faithful. I do know that God will not forsake me. And I'm going to trust him no matter what the consequences, no matter what the circumstances. I choose to put my faith in God because it doesn't matter what I see. It matters matters that God is faithful. We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. And so faith is the ability to trust what we cannot see. And when we have faith in God, we can be free from these enclosures, these restrictions of life. Why? Because we are restricted. But when our faith is in God, we, we begin to see the impossible happen. We begin to see miracles. We begin to see God do great things. Why? Because of our faith in God. God is able to do. I could preach. I just preached from Ephesians 3 verse 20. God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. God is able. And so in life, in life, we're going to face many obstacles. If you've been around long enough, you know exactly what I'm talking about. That life is not a bed of roses. Sometimes life just shows up and slaps you in the face. Things happen. In fact, good things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people. But in life, you will be faced with obstacles. You'll be faced with challenges. Some of them you've faced before. You say, I've been here before. I know what, what, what I'm in for. I've been here before. I've walked this path before. I know the scenery. I know the landscape. I've been here before. I've faced these obstacles before. But there are other times in life when you're going to face new obstacles, things that you've never experienced, maybe things that you never even thought would happen or come into your life, whatever your obstacles are. Even Jesus told us, he said, in this world, you will have tribulation. And so in these times, these obstacles we face, these tribulations and trials, fear can grip us. 
We can become gripped with fear. We can find ourselves becoming anxious. We can find ourselves becoming confused. And, and all of these feelings can impact our ability to cope with every situation. But I've learned something in my own life, in my personal life, in my ministry as a pastor. I've learned something, and that is the power of a testimony. There are some things that we face, we've already been through. And we say, you know what, I've been here before. If God did it before, He can do it again. There's other times when I, when I can remember the testimonies of other people in the church. And I say, well, if God did it for them, He can do it for me. Because God is faithful. He doesn't change. If it helped, if it helped in the past, if God helped me in the past, He's going to do it again. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Sometimes you've got to testify to yourself. Bishop Downs always says, why do we only ever tell our testimonies once? It's not a limited edition. You ought to repeat your testimony. Because you know what? That, that new person, that, new, that other person that's in your life that wasn't there before, they need to hear that testimony of what God did for you. How God healed you, Sister Christine. Those miracles, we need to hear those testimonies. So I'm encouraged by my own testimony. I'm encouraged by the testimonies of others. And when I read the Word of God, I'm encouraged of the testimonies that I read in the Bible. Why? Because the same God of the Bible is the same God today. The same God that shut the mouth of lions is the same God that is with us today. The same God that delivered Paul and Silas out of prison is the same God that can deliver us out of whatever we're in today. Our God is faithful. He is the same. He does not change. And so whatever I face, I can have faith in God because I got my own testimony. I've got other people's testimonies. I got a, I got a Bible full of testimonies. Now for those, we have a few people that are involved in law, some lawyers here today. But testimonies are like precedent. Whenever, you, whenever you're a leader and you're on a board or even in law, precedent is something very important. Precedent is powerful. What precedent is, when a lawyer looks for precedent, they're looking for an earlier event or an action that can be used as an example or a guide to be considered in a subsequent similar matter. So if you've got a matter right now, a situation, maybe a dispute between two companies and it goes to the, the courts, the courts are going to be looking for a precedent about how this was dealt with by the court previously. And they will even cite the case. And precedent gives power to the current situation. Your doctor, for instance, doctors also work on precedent. Many things in life work on precedent. When you come in, when you tell your, your doctor the symptoms that you've got, of course, part of their diagnosis is precedent. I have seen somebody with these exact same symptoms. It's going to help them to understand how to deal with you. Of course, they're not limited only to precedent because, of course, there can be a presentation of same symptoms. It could be something else. But there is power in precedent. You see, when somebody comes to, comes to church with a sickness... When somebody comes to my office and they've got a need in their life, as even as a pastor, I know the power of precedent. I can tell them the testimony. You know what God did for me when I was in a similar situation? 
I can tell them your testimonies. I can say, you know, sister so-and-so. They say, yeah, I know her. I said, well, God healed her. God healed her of cancer. Well, you know, so-and-so, he, he was unemployed. God, God provided miraculously for him. We're looking for precedent. You see, when somebody comes with an addiction and they say, Pastor, I just can't seem to break free of the chains of addiction. I'm looking for precedent. I say, if God did it before, he can do it again. God can break the chains because God is faithful. I've witnessed his faithfulness. I've witnessed that he can, is a miracle working God. So Romans chapter 5 and verse 3, you can turn there in your Bibles. You see, sometimes you just got to find somebody with a testimony. And they will tell you that God can do it. They'll say, don't worry, keep your head up, keep your faith in God, keep your eyes on the prize because I've been through what you've been through and I found God is nothing but faithful, that God can heal. Romans chapter 5 and verse 3. It's a powerful verse. haven't really dug deep into it before, but when you really begin to dig into it, you see the power here in this verse. In Romans 5 verse 3, it says, And not only so, but we glory in tribulations. Everyone say tribulations. That's a horrible word. (laughs) Even stranger is that we would glory in tribulations. Paul tells the church at Rome, he says, But we glory in tribulations also. Why do they glory in tribulations? Why? Because they know that tribulation worketh patience. (laughs) You can say you're a patient person as much as you like. But when tribulation comes, it's going to test your patience. And it's going to work patience in your life. You can say, I'm really patient with people. You know what's going to happen? God's going to bring someone to your workplace that you can't stand. And then you're really going to be patient. (laughs) Somebody said amen. (laughs) But we glory in tribulations. Why? Because we know that tribulation worketh patience. Okay. Now he goes on in verse 4. And patience works experience. (laughs) Everyone say experience. So tribulation worketh patience, patience worketh experience, and experience worketh hope. This is a powerful verse for every one of us today. That tribulation worketh patience, patience worketh experience, and experience worketh hope. That is how we can glory in tribulation. Tribulation is just a different word for the word suffering. Tribulation and suffering can transform your life. When we go through hard times, these are times when our life is transformed. How does tribulation cause us to grow? How does tribulation transform us? It leads us to have a deeper sense of hope in God. A deeper sense of trust in God. And so, the circumstances that you're working through right now, 
the situations that you're experiencing in your life right now. You may call them tribulation, but let me tell you, you can glory in your tribulation because your tribulation is working patience and patience is working experience and experience is working hope. Now, I don't know if I've totally explained this yet, but the Bible says the trial of your faith worketh patience. The trying times develop an experience. And that's what our precedent is. That's what our testimony is. It is an experience that we've had with God. And so the trying of our faith worketh patience and our patience worketh experience. You say, well, what what do you mean, pastor? You see, these tribulations, these sufferings, these trials, they give us a precedence. They give us a precedent that we will able to be able to look back and say, you know what? I have hope for what I'm facing right now. I've got hope in the midst of this trouble. I've got hope while everybody else is, is looking down towards the ground. I've been able to lift my eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help because I've got hope. And somebody says, well, where did your hope come from? You say, well, you're not going to believe it. <laughs> it came from tribulation. Well, I thought you were just born with hope. No, my hope came from tribulation because I got a testimony. Once upon a time, I went through tribulation and it wasn't easy, but God worked patience in my life. And because of that patience, I got an experience. And because I've got an experience, I got hope. And because I got hope, I got a precedent that I can apply to anything I face in life. We can say with our whole heart, I've witnessed it. I've been there. I've experienced what you're going through. You can have hope. Why? Because I got hope. And I've been through tribulation and God proved faithful to me. How can we even say that God is faithful unless we've been through a trial? I've witnessed it. Everyone say, I've witnessed it. When David went into battles, when David went into battles, he went with a precedent. I want you to understand that. He went with a precedent. He went with a, a testimony. In, in 1 Samuel 17, verse 33, Saul says to David, when David goes, you know what? I'm willing to take this big guy on, Goliath. And Saul says to him, he says in verse 33 of 1 Samuel 17, he said, you are not able to go against that Philistine giant. You cannot go against him. You are a youth. You're just a young man. You're just a young boy. And look at him. He is a man of war from his youth. You're just a little boy. You're just a youth. And this guy you're trying to take on, he is a man of war from his youth. He's got a lot more experience. He's got a lot more training. And Saul says to David, David, let me just get you right here. What makes you think that you can fight Goliath? What makes you think that you can go into this battle with any hope? Uh Uh-huh, everyone say hope. David, what hope have you got? (laughs) You're a young man. This guy has been a man of war from his youth. What hope have you got? What makes you think that you can go into this battle? And David says, hey, I've witnessed it. I've witnessed it. Saul, I've got precedent. 
You know what? I've been through some stuff. That's the hope that I've got today. And what was David? How did David witness it? Where did he get his hope from? Let me tell you. 1 Samuel 17, verse 34. And David said to Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught that lion by his beard and I smote him and slew him. Thy servants slew both the lion and the bear. Everyone say, I've witnessed it. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be just like one of them as well. That's the hope I've got. I've witnessed it. I've got a precedent. I've seen God with me before and he'll be with me again. He said, this guy, seeing he had defied the armies of the living God. David said, moreover, <laughs> the same God. Everyone say, the same God. Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion, the Lord that delivered me from the paw of the bear, he, because I got hope, <laughs> It wasn't nice with that lion. It wasn't nice with that bear. But that tribulation worked patience. That patience worked experience. That experience worth hope. And that same God will deliver me from this Philistine. I want to tell you the power of a testimony, brothers and sisters. Some of you got to go back. I'm not telling to dig up your past, but go dig up those testimonies. Get them out again and reassure yourself that God is able. Because if he did it before, he can do it again. I tell you, God is faithful to us. If he did it before, he can do it again. Everybody say, he's the same God. The same God that filled you with the Holy Spirit. The same God that delivered you before will deliver you again. The same God that healed you will heal you again. The same God that provided in that destitute time, He will provide again. The same God that helped, He will help you again. So we glory in tribulation. I'm not saying it's easy, but there's something that comes out of tribulation. Hope comes out of tribulation. When you look to God, when you go through those experiences, you can come out with hope. David said this, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, we sing this song, when the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up the, my flesh, they stumbled and fell. He said, I witnessed it. I've got precedent. Just when they were about to reach out and harm me, just when they thought they had me, my enemies stumbled and fell. David said, I've experienced that for myself, that God protected me. I had this experience. That's why I've got hope. <laughs> so he's thinking about what has happened in the past. Now he begins to talk about what could happen. Everyone say, what could happen? And he's got hope for what could happen as well. He says, though an enemy should encamp against me, my heart will not fear. Even if this should happen, I'm not gonna fear. Why? Because I got a precedent. I've experienced it. Though war should rise up against me, 
I've got confidence. Why? Because I've got a testimony. I've got an experience. I've got a precedent that if he did it before, he can do it again. David's saying, I've witnessed his power. I've witnessed his protection. I've witnessed his faithfulness. If he did it before, somebody say he can do it again. Somebody say he can do it again. Somebody say he can do it again. The same God can do it again. Revelation 12, verse 11, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And they, and they loved not their lives unto death. We overcome the enemy by the word of our testimony. Hebrews chapter 11, I encourage you to read it. They call it the faith chapter. Some people call it the whole of faith, the whole of the faithful. But we see each of these people in Hebrews 11 that their faith remained steadfast in spite of whatever they faced. I'm speaking to somebody today. Their faith remained steadfast despite their trials. Noah had faith. He had faith in God to obey God's word. He'd never even seen rain, let alone a flood before. He had faith in God and his family was saved. Abraham is called the father of the faithful because he left his kindred. He left the Ur of the Chaldees and just walked like God told him to walk. And he walked into the promises and the favor of God because he had faith in God. Sarah believed God's promise. And even though she was past a childbearing age, she conceived and she bore Isaac. Moses chose to identify with the people of God, even though it meant suffering. He forsook the pleasures of the world and Moses was used of God greatly. And there are so many. Everyone say so many. Because when you finish Hebrews chapter 11, you get to the first verse of Hebrews chapter 12. And it says this. In other words, they're saying, I cannot even cover all the heroes of the faith. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, Everyone say a great cloud of witnesses. We are surrounded here with this is you and I. We are surrounded with a great cloud of witnesses. Let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. The great cloud of witnesses. You know what that says? We are surrounded with a great cloud of testimonies. We are surrounded with a great cloud of precedent. We're surrounded with a great cloud of faith that God is able. And for you and I today, we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. And sometimes when I pray, I imagine a stadium full of, of those old time Bible believing People, Christians that from the modern era and from the biblical time, they're there in that stadium and I'm running this race of life. And you know what? They're cheering us on. They're saying, you can make it. If I made it, you can make it. God is faithful. We are surrounded with a great cloud of witnesses. You see, if you're facing a fiery furnace today, I could tell you about three Hebrew boys that will tell you that even in the fire, God is gonna be with you. Even in the fire, if you're facing a lion's den, I want to tell you there's someone in the great cloud of witnesses. His name's Daniel, and he'll tell you that even God can shut the mouth of the lions. Whatever you're going through today, I could tell you that there's a man named Jonah. Even though he was running from God, he cried out to God, and God gave him another chance. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. 
You see, there are many testimonies in our church. There are many witnesses in our church. We've been through some things. Everyone say, I've been through some things. <laughs> A few of you have, have you? Everyone else is fine? Everyone say, I've been through some things. <laughs> God is faithful. You see, I've witnessed it. Amen? Unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. We know Elisha and Elijah. Elijah preceded Elisha, but the mantle fell on Elisha. And Elisha goes in 2 Kings 2 verse 13 and 14. Elisha goes straight after he gets the mantle, he goes to the water. It says, he took the mantle of Elijah that fell upon him and went back and stood at the bank of the Jordan. So here is Elisha with the mantle of Elijah. He took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and he smote the waters and he said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he smote the waters, the waters parted. It uses the word hither and thither. They parted, the water parted for Elisha. Where did Elisha get the faith to do that from? How did Elisha, how did he even have hope that if he would take that mantle and go and smite the water, that the waters would part? Where did he get that hope from? Well, he had witnessed it. He saw Elijah do the same thing. You see, Elijah smote the waters also in 2 Kings 2 verse 7. He smote the waters and they parted. And 50 of the sons of the prophets went and stood to view from afar off. And they stood by Jordan. And Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters. And they were divided hither and thither. And they went through on dry ground. So Elisha did it. He knew God could do it. Why? Because he had a precedent. Because Elijah did it. But where did Elijah get the hope that God could do that? You know where he got it? He saw Joshua. He saw Joshua when the waters were parted in Joshua chapter 3. When the Israelites were going into the promised land and they're carrying the Ark of the Covenant. And the priests walked down into the Jordan River. And the waters of the Jordan were cut off and they parted. See, he had a precedent. God is able to part the waters. Because he had a precedent. Now, how did Joshua have the hope for that to happen? Let me tell you why Joshua knew God could do that. Is because he had a precedent. He had Moses. He had a precedent. Moses, Moses is there, and he's coming. They're coming out of Egypt, and they're standing on the banks of the water, and the Egyptian armies are coming, and they think all is lost. We're surely going to be wiped out. And you know what God did? He parted the waters, and they went through on dry land. That is the power of a testimony. Somebody say the power of a testimony. I've witnessed it. I believe God can do it again. The same God that healed sister so-and-so can heal me. The same God that came through for brother so-and-so, he can heal me. The same God that provided for somebody else, he can do it again because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Somebody say God is able. You got to believe that today. Your tribulation is working for you today. Let it work for you because you're going to come through and you're going to have hope and you're going to have a testimony. You're going to be able to help somebody else. You're going to be able to help yourself in future because tribulation is something to glory in because it works hope. You're going to have a testimony. Now, I don't want to stop at Moses because some of you, if you're smart, you say, well, where's Moses' precedent? 
Well, Moses had never seen the waters parted before. I don't believe. But Moses knew that God was able. Moses gets to the water. And he's standing there and he can hear the horses' hooves and the soldiers coming and, and the swords and all of this. And he thinks, well, surely we are doomed. I don't know what God is going to do. He didn't know. He said, I haven't seen anybody else in this situation before. Here we are at the waters. Look at in Exodus chapter 14, verse 13. And Moses said to the people, fear ye not. Now, do you think Moses might have been a little bit fearful? Probably. But he told them, fear not, stand still, and we will see the salvation of the Lord. And he will show you today. For the Egyptians that you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. He didn't have a precedent of God being able to part the waters. He didn't have a precedent that they were going to somehow walk on top of the waters. But he did see the power of God previously. He had a witness he had seen the power of God. He heard God speak to him out of the burning bush. And he said, you know what? I don't have a precedent, but you know what? I know I'm in the will of God. I know I'm doing what God has called me to do. And as I stand at these waters, this is not my problem. This is God's problem. And he will deliver us. If I just stand still, I know that God is able. He said, I, I heard him speak to me out of that burning bush. He said, I had seen the power of God in each of the plagues. He said, when I went in, I was fearful also. Why? Because those magicians threw down their rods and they turned to snakes. But you know what? When I threw down my rod, it turned into a snake and ate all the other ones. I've seen the power of God. And so I'm I talked about precedent today. I've talked about testimonies. But even when you don't have a testimony to rely on, even when you don't have something to go back to, you can go back to the fact that God is able. Nothing is impossible with Him. If the musicians could come right now. You see, when you need Him to do something that you've never seen Him do before, I want to tell you, God is able. And you're encouraged today. You say, Pastor, I'm encouraged. Why? Because I've learned the power of a testimony. I've been able to find some testimonies of what God has done in my life before. And I'm going to leave church today knowing that He can do it again. I'm leaving with hope. And some of you are encouraged. Why? Because right now you're going through tribulation. And all you can do is curse the tribulation and say, I wish you would just go away. But this preacher's come here today to tell you that your tribulation can work hope in your life. God is going to bring you through whatever you're going through. God is going to bring you through and you're going to have a testimony. People are going to look at you and say, well, I can see what's going on in your life right now. It's kind of messy. It's, it's kind of crazy. You say, don't worry. God's got it. It's going to be okay. They say, well, how? How, how can you have hope? You're just so positive. I don't get it. It's irrational that you're going to trust God to bring you through this. You say, no, no, I've been through tribulation before. And yeah, it worked patience in my life. But I'm thankful for the experience because through the experience, I have hope. Everyone say, I have hope. 
God is speaking to a mother right now. You've got a daughter and you've never been here before. You've never dealt with this situation before. You don't know what to do. You're confused. I tell you, God is able. You say, I'd love to hear a testimony of this happening for someone else. You may not, but you do know the testimony of God that He is able. He can do miraculous things. Trust God. Don't give up hope for your daughter. I'm speaking to a mother today. You're worried. You're saying, I don't even know how to support my daughter. I don't even know what to do. Let me tell you, God is able. God is able. You see, this is the power of testifying to each other. There was a brother here. He came with your sister, Christine, a little while ago. I can't remember his name. But you would know that not very often do I just walk down from the platform and go and lay my hands on somebody that's never been to church before and pray for them. I respect your privacy as much as I can. One Sunday, I walked down from this pulpit and walked over and there was a man standing in church for the first day ever. I laid my hands on him, began to pray for him and God healed him instantly. Praise God. Now, I'll leave, I'll leave that because it was just this week that he went to a birthday party and he was testifying to everybody. He said, I went to this church. This pastor just randomly came up and laid his hand on my head and I have been healed from that day forward. That's the power of a testimony. And why, the reason why it's so powerful is because a lady rang me yesterday and she's got sickness She's worried about this sickness that she's got and some symptoms that she has. She's very worried. And she said, but I was at a birthday party. This guy who came to church, he was instantly healed. And she said, Pastor, I believe God can do it for me as well. Hallelujah. I believe God can do it for me. Don't be afraid to testify of God's goodness. God will bring someone across your path. You don't have to preach a sermon to them. Just tell them your testimony. So I don't have much to say, but I can tell you what God did for me. Let's all stand in this place this morning. I pray, pray that faith is rising in your heart today. If He did it before, He can do it again. And even when you need God to do something you've never seen Him do before, He is able just ask Moses. Just ask Moses. If you need a testimony, just ask Elijah. Elisha. Ask Elijah. If you need a testimony, just ask Joshua. I'm going to finish with the verse that I started. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding Abundantly, You see, Paul's testifying. Everyone say, he's testifying. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. I love that verse. Because if you look at it, Paul said, I can't just use one word. He didn't just say God is able to do exceeding. No, because God is able to do more than exceeding. He said, you know what? I got to add another word to that. God is able to do exceeding 
abundantly. And he steps back, he says, that's not even enough. My God, he's able to do exceedingly abundantly. What's another word? What he's able to do above. Oh, that's not enough either. God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or even think. Anything that we dream of, I want to tell you, God is able. Whatever your need is today, God is able. He can touch your body. He can set you free today. Whatever your experience, I've witnessed the faithfulness of God. I've witnessed His love. He'll never leave us. He will never fail us. Oh, come on, somebody testify today. Testify of His goodness. I've witnessed it. God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we ask or even think according to the power that worketh in us. Come on, let's lift our hands right now and begin to believe again. Some of you have lost your faith. Some of you are, are going through the trial. Some of you are going through tribulation. Let me tell you, you're going to come out with a testimony. Oh, hallelujah. Clap your hands to the Lord and just praise Him. We love you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm going to open this altar in just a moment. I want you to come and kneel. I want you to come and stand at the altar with your hands raised and say, God, I'm believing you. My faith is in you. Come and stand at this altar and sing this song. I have witnessed his faithfulness and God will give you strength. Amen. You believe he can do it today? We're going to sing this song and we're going to worship God. Faith is beginning to move. And when faith rises up, anything can happen. You see, the Bible says, let faith come by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You can stand around this altar today. There's not going to be enough room. Come on, everybody, move out. Let's get to this altar and believe God to do the impossible. Believe God to come through again for us.